Well, once in a while, there are items that are relatively small in terms of dollar amount that have enormous impact on quality of life for the people of our state. And unfortunately, there's one cut that's been made in Governor Walker's budget, uh, which sends a strong and unfortunate message to the people of the state by cutting uh, funding for the farm to school program. The message is that the health of school children and the vitality of Wisconsin farmers is unimportant when the state can save a few pennies to eliminate a program that provides over $9 million in local food to 565 students in Wisconsin. Now, we've been focused here in Madison for the last several years on food. The importance of food in terms of nutrition, the importance of food in regards to our economy. Farm to School has been in the rise in Wisconsin since the creation. Farm to School has been in the rise in Wisconsin since the creation of the program coordinator position in 2009 which has secured hundreds of thousands of dollars in grants and connected millions of dollars in funding to Wisconsin farmers. When you consider the size of Governor Walker's two-year budget, over $76 billion, and the money historically spent on supporting farm-to-school in the state annually, about $86,000, it would appear that this position, as well as the Farm-to-School Advisory Council, has been pretty a pretty good investment for the state of Wisconsin. Staffing the farm to school program in Wisconsin is great for school children, farmers, and Wisconsin's agricultural economy. The impetus behind forcing the farm to school coordinator position to lapse and the farm to school advisory council to expand is a fake austerity measure. To allow this program, which has been a trailblazer in the nation and has made tremendous gains since the hiring of the coordinator, to lose its staffing support is a setback in our efforts to get nutritious Wisconsin food to every child. The state should continue to invest in the livelihood of our farmers and the health of our children by fostering viable economic connections between cash-strapped school districts and local farmers. And they should ensure that Wisconsin taxpayer dollars support those who both grow our food and reside and invest in our communities. Here in Madison, we are on the verge of creating a public market. We have seen new collaboration with the school district in regards to nutrition programs. We've been expanding summer food programs when kids are not in school. And we have a robust private sector with a record number of Wisconsin chefs recently nominated for prestigious awards that are recognized internationally. MADREP, our regional economic engine, comprised of Dane and the surrounding seven counties, has selected agriculture and the focus of food as its number one priority in growing the economy.
So let me just conclude by saying that this is not a big item in the budget. It's not big in terms of dollars, but it's enormous in terms of what it means to the agriculture community, to our schools, and to the nutrition of our kids. Okay. Any questions? Yeah, I mean, if this is um, if this is cut, would the city consider, I don't know, partnering up with the school district in any other way to keep what this program has and offering? You know, one, one of the things that will undoubtedly happen if this cut is not restored by the legislature is locally we'll have to figure out what to do, which if you look at Madison and our region, you look at Milwaukee and Milwaukee County, uh, you look at the Fox River Valley, and on and on. Clearly, this is a matter of state interest and something that state government ought to be doing. But if the, if the state ignores it, we're going to have to regroup and, and focus on it ourselves. Pardon? Can I ask you about Airbnb? Sure. First of all, the proposal to hire someone to find the people who are renting out through these platforms and not paying, obviously you think you can get more than you're spending, more yes. than 24000 Yes. Um, if you go on Airbnb's site and you search the Madison area and you look at the number of rental units that show up every day, and especially uh, at times for high demand. It's very clear. Uh, we, we think we may be getting only 5 or 6% of, of the room tax revenues. And uh, we, 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 we're concerned about compliance for so many reasons. One is the room tax revenue. Second is the question of health and safety. And uh, third is, is the impact on our neighborhoods. Um, have there been a lot of complaints? The, the complaints have been minimal, but that in, in part is, is because we are attempting to, to, to monitor the situation. I'm more concerned about the long-term consequences, uh, which we predicted would happen and, and, and did occur in San Francisco, which is speculators buying up properties, taking them out of the market, in regards to uh, family housing because with just two, three rentals a month they can be more profitable and uh, that having a significant impact in terms of changing neighborhoods. Now that has already occurred in, in San Francisco and uh, has had a tremendous effect uh, on affordable housing making their situation even worse. If the city agrees to enter an agreement with Airbnb, aren't you going to? Our that possibility? We're not backing off on our regulations because our regulations are very clear as to uh, the fact that we have to have owner occupancy and that we have to have um, uh, the owner on, on effect on premises, and we limit the number of rentals per year uh, in terms of days. One of the reasons we want to get 
access to the records. It's not just for the income, but to make sure that we don't have these um, uh, hiding in our midst, in effect, these hotels operating. Will the hotels that aren't, if they're found not being compliant, will there be a penalty from the city, or is the goal, you know, to inform them that our they goal, Our goal is education and compliance. Uh, like, like so much of what we do, we're, we're not interested in, in penalizing folks. But we, we've had a very, very difficult relationship with Airbnb. Um, they went for a long period of time ignoring the city attorney's requests for discussion on these matters. Uh, they falsified their responses uh, as to being in touch with us. They claimed that uh, they were in touch when the, the chain of emails clearly showed that wasn't the case. And they're oblivious to local concerns, particularly about preserving neighborhoods. And I really don't like the way they present themselves as a friend of affordable housing. What they do is they say, ink an agreement with us on our terms, on Airbnb's terms, and we will collect the room tax for you. And then you, we will provide this money to your community to use for low-income housing. Well, excuse me. That's our revenues, always has been our revenues. And what you've done, it's not unlike, you know, burning down the schoolhouse and then coming forward to say you're going to help rebuild it. But uh, you have no agreement yet. And, the, and, and we're not going to agree on the conditions that they insist upon which is their terms for regulation. Is there a city you're looking at as sort of a model for how to handle this sort of stuff? Or, I mean, I feel like municipalities are sort of grappling with there, how to deal with this as it's you know, been unfolding. I wish I had the city attorney here. Um, there are a couple of cities that have gone this approach, and off the top of my head I can't recall what they are, but we have looked at this elsewhere, yes. My biggest long-term concern is the stability of our residential neighborhoods and the fact that we could lose family housing to this industry, which will have a profound impact on the neighborhood itself. It can result in depopulating schools. It can change the nature of the demand for retail as, as well as, as just being disruptive and unfortunately the analysis that we went through several years ago expressing these concerns has turned out to take place in other cities where they have not uh, properly uh, engaged Airbnb in terms of regulation um, so I mean Air Airbnb is following the Uber model um, which is to ignore local concerns, come in, muscle their way into a marketplace, and uh, appear to be a friend of a community when they're in fact holding us hostage to what is already ours.
there any possibility you would approve one and not the other, or do you want both hiring the company and potentially an agreement with Airbnb? We would like both. We would like both. But they don't. Um, they, they, they're not a cooperative company. They're not a good partner. Um, and, and, and they mislead. I mean, the whole business, the way they present themselves to cities about how they are going to help raise money uh, for, for, for affordable housing, when in fact they should be collecting that room tax right now on every one of these rentals and turning it over to us by law, uh, shows you how, how deceptive they are. And it's hard to build a trusting relationship with a company that does business like that. All right? Cool. Thank you. Thank you.